And that's why you, uh, whatever. What's going on, everybody? This is the Cover Band Confidential Podcast. Podcast for cover band musicians and band leaders to learn how to rock more and suck less. In Atlanta, Georgia, I'm Adam Johnson. In Greensboro, North Carolina, I'm Dan Wright. You know, we're we're changing things up this week because it is a holiday week and, you know, my rhythm's all off. I don't have, I don't have my faculties about me the same way. You know also what happened? I got a flu shot Ooh. right before we, we started recording this. Yeah. And my strategy was that I was going to um, drink enough of this barrel-aged, mm. old-fashioned mm. to offset any swimminess or side effects I might experience from the flu vaccine. So, how's that going? I mean, it's delicious. I getcha. So I've got I got that going for me. I had an appointment for a flu shot this afternoon, and they called me uh, at around eleven and said, "We don't have any flu shots, so please don't come." Well, so I didn't. That's. I had asked them when I went to go get that shot if they had any COVID boosters, and they were like, nope, they gone. <laughs> Interesting. So, same same situation. Yeah. But uh, I'm trying to get that done before I go to New York City next week. Now say about that. You mentioned it, but tell me more. So, uh, it is my and uh, my wife's 15th wedding anniversary. Nice. So, um, last year before... You know, we we thought we were on the tail end of this whole situation. My company was like, "We'll help. We'll pay a thousand dollars for you guys to take a trip wherever you want to go." Nice. And so between that and the um, like our Delta Sky Mile points we have with our Amex, uh, we were able to fly to um, fly to New York first class for free. Cool. So we're gonna do that. Awesome. I've never been as like an an adult. Okay. Uh, though I do intend on basically spending that as an opportunity to relive uh, Home Alone 2 Lost in New York. Sure. Um, mixed with Elf because yes. it is, of course, the holiday season. Yeah, yeah. No, you got to you gotta find gum on the, the subway. World's best cup of coffee. All that. Taking the flyers. Definitely, definitely going to uh, put some syrup in things. Mm-hmm. Mm. For sure. Yep. Get yourself yeah, sick I'm, running around in the revolving doors. Yeah, I mean so many options we are but we in all seriousness we are going to uh we're gonna roll roll we're gonna ice skate at rockefeller center nice which is in the movie uh and i uh i'm gonna get to go to a taping of jimmy fallon's show cool and see the see the roots yeah if if nothing else maybe maybe somebody else guess we'll have to see yeah so yeah uh a lot of stuff on the horizon so what that means is i'm i'm on my own next week with whatever i can come up with Yes. yes. And, you know, I, I feel like I've done a pretty good job of uh, filling your boots. Hmm. So uh, now it is your turn to uh, return the favor, to, as to they say. Bootify, to embootinate. Indeed. I think I can find a way. You got, a little, you got a little tickle in your throat, it sounds like. What's going I, on you know, I, it's a funny thing. I, I, um, I've been fine all day. I just um, sit down and start recording my voice, and obviously I start coughing. That's, I guess, how it's going. There you go. Yeah. So, uh, you have, look, I know that you did, you did some stuff this past weekend. Do you have anything coming up this following week? I had, so did a, a duo gig. So it would have been cold iron Ray, except for Taylor had a family thing. So I brought Evan, who was the bassist for my new gig and, uh, Evan Campfield, we call it Campfield Ray. Um, there you go. and so we did fun, a fun thing there. You know, it was just my normal acoustic show, but with a really great bassist who can fully keep up with anything I throw at him. And, um, um, uh, so we had some fun together on Sunday afternoon uh, and then Wednesday, we're back into the normal um, uh, trivia. It's going to be 90s night. And um, I don't know. Uh, I, it's a There's a theory that Wednesday night mm-hmm. before Thanksgiving is like a great big bar night. 
I've never seen it actually pan out that way, but maybe, maybe it will. Maybe it will. And uh, if so, I'm happy to do 90s night for a whole lot of people. I've seen it pan out and I've seen it not pan out. Yeah. So, you know, I, th- I think it really just depends. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what sound situation are we dealing with currently? Are you using the XR or are you, did you oh. did you zap the... So this is exciting. So yeah. um, for the for the acoustic stuff, I am taking the the um, Electro Voice and using its mm-hmm. mixer that's on the back of it. And Straight that up. is my plan for acoustic for life. It's the easiest thing to possibly do. Um, there you go. Before rehearsal yesterday evening... I got into the band dorm a little bit early. You know, I, I, we, we call it, we call it the band dorm. It's a, a storage uh, facility that has actually quite a few bands working out of it. Um, yeah. <clears throat> I got in there and I brought a screwdriver and screwed the Soundcraft UI24R from the rack. I pushed its button. It's a recessed, you know, you got to have a paper clip and it's hiding behind where it lives in the rack. So I unscrew it from the rack, take it out of the rack, have a, USB stick with a file on it with the right file name, uh, mm-hmm. full reset.txt can be an empty file. And it was, but you stick that in the USB port and then you hook the boat and fire the thing up and then give it a hard reboot after that. And I plugged in the mains. I plugged in one speaker or one microphone and said, check, check. And by God, it made sound again. So holy I'm moly back in business on that guy. I don't trust it, uh, at all. <laughs> nope. Surely my first few gigs with it, I will take, a backup mixer, um, the little Soundcraft note, notepad mixer will do fine um, for the number of inputs I usually have. And and so I'll, I'll carry that with me for a while until I trust it again. But uh, yeah, that guy seems to be back alive. So that's that's great. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. Well, all's well that ends well, I suppose. I suppose. And so uh, that's the thing. So you got your thing going on uh, Wednesday. Uh, Blackout Wednesday is what I've heard it called. Okay. On a number of occasions. I've never lived that, you know, I, I wouldn't have come up with it otherwise, but you know, hypothetically speaking. Yeah. 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 And then, um, had a, had, so that rehearsal then that we had through, through it, um, yep. super productive, man, it was great. We moved good. a bunch of songs into the ready to go list and, um, feeling really good about, about, um, how things are going for the band. So good. Yeah. That's great, man. Yeah, it was great. Uh, as far as background work, I, um, I did figure I did get some uh, some solid drum sounds for the warped promo and laid my guitar parts down for the recording we're going to use for the video. Nice. Um, now I'm just in the process of accumulating all of the other pieces and parts so that we have a full product to uh, to mix down to use. Cool. Um, and the other thing that popped up is that I was approached by um, actually Eric Hogan, the guy that we interviewed who does the uh, the Nirvana tribute mm-hmm. uh, to sing a song or two with him uh, for his Chris Cornell event, um, which he does every now and then. I think he, he says this is the last one. So um, I have to prep for that. Uh, my task, un- <laughs> you know, because I'm a person who cannot get out of my own way i volunteered to sing the day i tried to live Mm. by soundgarden which is not only uh, an insanely high song but it's also in 15 (laughs) 8 so i got that going for me yeah that's exciting so the it's it's a bunch of it's a bunch of uh singing and counting is what i've got to look forward to uh until saturday right Right. You know, speaking of singing and counting, um, the other thing that I did this week that was kind of cool was I saw Sting perform Ooh. with the Greensboro Symphony. Um, 
and it's it, it's like it was a one-off I, he's not touring he's not doing like a symphony tour um uh he's actually got a residency in in las vegas happening right now but for the last week he was here rehearsing with the greensboro symphony and he did two shows last weekend and we caught the friday night one and it was awesome because he's awesome and you know yep the, the, the peak performer at the peak of his powers you know um you'd think that having been on the scene as long as he has he'd be in decline because a lot of them are but he <laughs> so i can tell he is not at he all is not. Yeah. yeah yeah and so they did he, um he did among other things a tune called um i hung my head which is a country song in nine um but not a happy not a friendly nine it's a five and a four yeah is the pattern and um um well he mentioned that's on the Go ahead, sir. It's on the Johnny Cash record. Yeah, well, that's the thing. He he set it up and mentioned that Johnny Cash had recorded it, which I hadn't heard. And I went and I went and Googled it, and Johnny Cash cheaped it down to fours. Yeah. So, well, he, as is his right, I've, I'll, I'll allow it. But um, uh, I I like it. I like it in nine. I like it in a five and a four. It hurts a lot as a as a five and a four in just the right way. Yeah, the um, day I tried to live is in seven and four, really. Yeah. So it's it's a it's a measure of seven and then four four basically yeah. yeah good stuff good stuff yeah anyway crazy crazy uh uh key signatures aside um sting was great and um the arrangements the orchestral arrangements of his classic tunes were just super well done and it was a fun night it was a little it was a little surreal sitting in a uh concert hall full of bougie you know we were on the young side of it, uh, the, yeah. the audience, and uh, having a lot of season audience, ticket holders. Yeah, and having those folks clapping along to King of Pain was just a little. <laughs> that seemed kind of wrong. I can, yeah, I can, I can relate to that. Um, but it was a good time. It was a good time. Very cool. Yeah. So, because we are kind of going into, uh, well, we're going into a holiday week, and we're going into what for a lot of people um, is kind of like a turn down season i wanted to get into some news stories that have come out over the past couple of weeks that you know for us talking about cover bands in like mainstream news is kind of a novel thing it doesn't happen very often uh, the last story that we did that for was the story with the pearl jam yep. tribute and we have two tribute stories uh to talk about this week and for us i think the interesting point is kind of around branding yeah and uh a certain number of uh other things so why don't we go ahead and just get into what we are talking about so uh the first one i want to talk about is probably the one that most people have heard about it is very much in the uh in the zeitgeist of things that have been going on but uh for those of you who may have been living under a rock on november 11th at a uh, at an event called Rockville, which I believe is somewhere in Florida, uh, Daytona Beach specifically, a band called Brass Against performed uh, as a part of this festival. And for those of you who don't know what Brass Against's thing is, is that they are a uh, they're a full they're a full band with a full horn section that does like '90s grungy covers but with horn sections they yeah. are most popular or most known for their covers of rage against the machine um they got some notoriety doing that on youtube and then they were able to get basically an entire you know uh touring situation put together and they've been on the road ever since uh 
during their set, there was a uh, an incident, a spectacle, whatever you want to call it. I don't want to put any additional uh, sensationalism into the story, but their lead vocalist, who happens to be a female, uh, urinated on the face of an audience member. Uh, both of them apparently agreed to that uh, that transaction, and uh, <laughs> two consenting adults were performed a thing in front of a large group of people. Uh, it appeared to go over uh, quite well, and uh, like in the room, been, like in the <clears throat> yes at the show, yeah, yes. People were very uh, people apparently went wild, and uh, the internet did too. Because there's videos of it, and it's it's all over the place. Yeah, um, I will spare you the details. Uh, if you are truly interested, it should be terribly hard to find. Yeah. So, you know, outrageous event happens at rock concert. Not terribly out of the ordinary. This should not be a headline at this point. Right. Um, considering the uh, antics that some other artists have pulled uh, in front of live audiences. Uh, you know, just off the top of my head, uh, let's let's throw a uh, Marilyn Manson, a Gigi Allen, uh, Iggy Pop, uh, any number of other artists who have uh, expelled bodily uh, fluids Jim onto uh, yeah yeah onto the onto their audiences. Yeah. So <clears throat> there's that. Uh, the thing that became interesting to me is the blowback that they received, and then the response from the band themselves yeah uh so that's that's the thing that kind of i I was kind of struck by because like like we said uh, a lot of times outrageous things happen and uh, they just happen and people just move on and nobody really acknowledges them at all Uh, they just become a part of the lore and um you know these these artists just continue to do what they're doing uh brass against did not do that uh the band released a statement and then uh the vocalist who participated in it also released her own statement kind of distancing themselves from the the activities that occurred at the show. Um, why do you think they did that? Well, <clears throat> I think we live in a particular time. Okay. I think we live in a time where stuff hits the internet and um, uh, this, this thing we might have once called a flash in the pan of news is it flashes it just flashes a whole lot harder these days. It's mm-hmm. probably still in the pan. It's probably still, you know, a matter of a news cycle or two before nobody remembers anything about it. But right. while it's hitting, those stories hit a whole lot harder than they used to. And so I think that compels some people to respond in a way that, you know, in, in past generations, just hunkering down and weathering it might have been the move. I think people feel like <clears throat> I need to say something about this. I need to respond. Like the, the reality is I just I just did it. If you Google brass against you know, you get some good pictures of the band first up. You get their website as the first first page, their Twitter, or the first hit, their Twitter is the second hit. And then all of the Google sort of questions, the first question people also ask is, who did Brass Against P on? There you go. And then, you know, all the rest of the things are about this this incident, you know, all this news about about this thing that happened. And, and, and you know, as you say, <clears throat> offensive thing happens at rock show should not... <laughs> Like that's, that is not at this point news, not since the sixties. Um, but we're in a time where cancel culture is looking for victims and, um, people are eager to be outraged and, 
uh, and then to express that outrage and take out that outrage in ways that feel satisfying to them. And, um, I feel like the, you know, whether it's the right thing or not to do, I fully, I fully understand the impulse to like apologize, have some, have some public, like, let's just move on message happen. No, to me, I don't feel like, like, I understand the, that they quote unquote apologize, but I think that it's more, it was more strategic. And uh, I think that for a couple of reasons. One is that this is, by and large, the most attention this group has ever received Vastly. about anything. Vastly. Not for their music. Right. Certainly. Right. <clears throat> and in those moments where you get, whether it is you know, planned or accidental, you get a very large amount of eyeballs pointed at you all at once. Uh, the danger in that moment can be that this becomes the thing that you're known for. 100%. And I think for them, the damage control that they're doing post-incident is more about them trying to reshift the narrative that hey this thing happened it's not if you come to one of our shows it's not going to happen again or to you this is or yeah or to you or for you <clears throat> yeah <clears throat> uh depending on how you view the situation um to me it just feels like a um it's it's a it's a deal where they they don't want this to be a distraction because right now their Spotify numbers are up their I'm sure their their touring their ticket sales are going to go up uh, in the short term right. but they're they have to make sure that they recalibrate the audience's expectations that you know going to a show you're going to see something outrageous yeah uh, you're probably just going to go and see a performance and it's gonna be pretty pretty normal yeah the second thing is that they are slated to be the opening act for Tool's European tour. Mm. So that means that they've got a lot of money riding on the next 6 to 12 months, and they need to go smoothly. So I could see where you've got Live Nation or other big touring companies involved where you need to make sure that you are putting on airs from a business standpoint that uh, you are taking the opportunities seriously that they are, you know, they are providing you, I would suppose. Yeah. So you, you so, suspect there might be tour organizer pressure. To oh, I, I think, I think their team was definitely like, Hey, we've got, we've got money writing on this. Yeah. We've got to make sure that uh, everybody knows that we came to play ball right. and that we're not, we're not going to be a liability and that people will come to see you, uh, I mean, I hate to say this, but like the opening act for a big name tour is for them to kind of get the crowd going, but also to be immediately forgotten <laughs> the second the headliner goes on stage. Yeah. And um, yeah, and you hope I some you percentage like of people make it there, hard to do that. Some percentage of people there will go home in the morning. You know, in the morning they'll be like, "Who was that? They're really great." Something will happen to your own numbers out of that, but right? Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. And I think just they want to make sure that it's for their music and not for the antics. Well, what if you have to do those antics every show? What if you end up being the P band? Yeah, you don't want that. You don't want that. You want you want to appeal to the widest group of people possible, and you know you don't want to appeal to just the P 
enthusiasts. You know what? I'm going to revise that. <clears throat> if you do, God bless. That That's a For valid sure. branding choice. And there have been artists that have chosen that. Right. But if your goal is to open for tool, yeah, you're probably that's not, not the way to go about Listen, it. Listen, here's the thing. The about section of the Google result page for Brass Against, here's what it says. Brass Against is a collective group of musicians who share the goal of creating music to inspire social and personal change. Right. I'm not saying that's antithetic with being the P band, but it's not harmonic with it. I think, yeah, I, you know, from a branding standpoint, what, what they've got to figure out is what do we do with all of this added attention? Yeah. And I think their choice is to, um, walk it back a little bit. Yeah. yeah. You know, we, we, we covered, we've covered other bands who have squandered, uh, <laughs> good press opportunities. Yes. Um, I don't necessarily equate this with that, but you know, they, they're trying to take, I think they're, they're being a bit more guarded and that's fine. Do you think I, there's I a middle ground? I mean, do you think there's a, that, do you think there's a way that you can, you can use this moment for something? Other? Can you lean into it and not become the P band? I think you can lean into it with like a winky nudgy kind of like, Oh, well it's, it's not like it happened like that, like that show or something like you can do those kinds of things. Mm. You can, you can find ways to like joke about it, but I don't think you can, you can't revisit it for sure. Uh, but I don't know. It, it, to me, it feels, uh, I, I, I didn't see the outrage other than I saw like a New York posting that said it was like disgusting or revolting. Every single post that I saw was like, this is awesome. This was consensual. Everybody seemed to be having fun. What is the problem? But again, that's probably the circle of people that I choose to associate with. Yeah, <clears throat> might be, might be. And, and, and for sure there are people in the media and, and, you know, my parents who wouldn't probably agree with that view. Uh, here's the thing, you know, to, just speaking of becoming, I keep saying P band, but I'm just going to say it again, becoming P band, you know, the, the, the third time, Tovlo took her talk top off while singing Talking Body, right? Mm -hmm. That was her thing. That's what that's what that's what you go to a show for now. That's that's yep, the that's, deal with her. That was like, the shtick. Yeah, which the, is a shame because she is a very she's talented incredible, artist. right? And so mm -hmm. now, but now it's about that. Um, so there is a real risk of diminishing your uh, your brand and your um, kind of how you're understood in the world by leaning into a shtick like that. Well, but I would also, I would push back on that in that she intentionally has leaned, she has leaned into she that. She has, she has. She has been like her, she, she didn't, you know, she didn't soften her content. If anything, I would say her, her songwriting has gotten, you know, pretty, has pretty much stayed in that lane. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and there's, you know, there's no extreme. question that was a deliberate branding choice on her part. hundred percent. Um, I just think if you found yourself there having gone there one night would you, would you, you, you'd be left with a decision a lot like what Brass Against now has, which is do, or well, no, that they've walked back from, but for sure there was a moment like, wow, is that, is that the direction we're taking? You know, is that, yeah. is that, is that who we're going to be, or are we going to, you know, pull back and, and shape it a different way? And, and I, and I like that it's a choice. I like that there's, um, as part of the thing about music is you, you, uh, the, the community's broad enough that you could probably find a valid career, um, narrower maybe, but valid in either direction. So I'll say, here's a good example of this. There's a, there's a band out of Atlanta called deer, the deer hunter. 
or deer hunter, sorry. And uh, they were known for these really like bananas live shows. Mm. And it was one of those things where like the singer was going to pee and he might pee on himself. He may pee on the audience. He may pee on the band. Uh, but like you're, if you go to the show, something truly like outrageous is going to happen. And so it helps went. them. So get, you, yeah. So you went yeah, for sure. Yeah. But once they got signed and they were starting to get put onto these larger bills, it became a liability and they, they kind of just petered off for, you know, for lack of a better term, because people didn't want to take them out because they were a liability. So did they soften their act or did they just go away? They just went away Uh more or less. It's interesting. So so, so it worked up to a certain level of Mm -hmm. success up to a certain market penetration. And then after that, it had to, it had to end. Yeah. And on a, on a similar note, uh, there was a band called injected another Atlanta area band, um, who I'm friends with a couple of the guys and, uh, their guitar, they, they were, they put out a really great record and, um, got the opening slot for Nickelback hmm. back in like 2001, 2002, kind of as they were blowing up and their guitar Before player, Nickelback uh, was a joke. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, their guitar player walked out during their set naked. And they got booted off the tour. Hmm. And that was that. Yeah. So. They're yeah. Only the Chili Peppers can get away with that. Well, rock and roll, definitely, there is a threshold and you can be a part of it that one way or the other. Yeah. Um, but, you know, when rock and roll starts to conflict with the commerce of the music industry, uh, things can get kind of complicated. Right. And then you have to do the things that Brass right. Against does. I'm also just going to go ahead and throw it out that I think it's a sexist double standard that if uh, if a man had done this, it probably, I don't know. Actually, I, I can't say that. But it, it to me, it seems like... Um, no, there's there's an edge of that. 100%. No question. But it did just occur to me, like if a guy peed on a female audience member... That probably wouldn't go great. It probably wouldn't go great right now either. So... Yeah, but yeah, but there's something to it. There's something to the way it's being covered that's a little that's a little iffy that way. Yeah. I, I agree with you. Anyway. Well, that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> well, to tie it back to our folks, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, stuff happens and and yeah. and um it'd be interesting to tell stories about where we had to create a message to recover from something. And if anybody's had, you know, uh, please don't, please don't let there be stories of our cover band. You know, I don't want to hear about a classic rock band peeing on anybody. That's just not. Yeah. But, but, you know, probably there've been times when, um, I don't know, somebody's, somebody's performance was messed up by how drunk they got, or, you know, you had to, you had to handle something that way that, yeah. um, um, it'd just be interesting to hear those stories. So yeah. Hit us up. Cover band confidential gmail.com. We'd love to hear those. Yeah. Uh, the, Moving right, right along, let's let's Second get thing into in the news. something that is not quite so uh, biological, but still pretty <laughs> gross. Yeah. I would say. Yeah. Um, this story is uh, comes out of Germany, and it is it is an interesting conversation. There's there's some there's some chewiness to the facts and what does and doesn't qualify for uh legal use so um basically tina turner has sued a tina turner impersonator who goes by the name of coco fletcher dorothea coco fletcher who has been doing this act for you know 
20 plus years at yeah. this point. Um, but Tina Turner is suing her uh, for likeness and name rights. Yeah. Appropriation for, of her, of her likeness. Yeah. Yes. For her, her tribute show, um, which is based in Germany. It's called simply the best. And I don't know if you've seen any of the footage of Coco Fletcher doing this. It is. She's dead on. Truly remarkable. It's a hundred percent. It's, it's really good. It's like Broadway level. Yeah. Like outstandingly good. But they don't want um, her to put that information on promotional flyers because they think that it is uh, – her fans may have trouble differentiating the two. Uh, the issue is, is that this is in Germany. Coco Fletcher is not 81 years old like Tina Turner is. Right. And recently – Tina Turner sold her entire music catalog as well as her name and likeness rights to, I believe, BMG uh, for a lump sum. So I'm not even sure where that even lands, yeah. you know, <laughs> legally. Um, I know the the initial uh, the initial case was brought and uh, the judge cited in Turner's favor, but it was overturned on appeal. And I think it's just working its way up the uh, German court system. Yeah. Article I'm looking at here says a, a higher court has um, said they're inclined to agree with the ruling of the lower court in favor of the tribute show. Mm -hmm. uh, but that's preliminary. So, Yeah. I mean, the, the, the argument here is what, what is what is fair use? What is, you know, is impersonating another person and performing their music? Does that is that art? Is that uh, infringement in any way? You know, it's very, very murky. Yeah. But I think, you know, in general, when we see stories like this, they tend to paint the original artist in a bad light. Yeah. I think the upside to this one, at least the way that I have read, um, the conversations and just like the articles that I've read is that Coco Fletcher is not worried about this. If anything, as a tribute artist, this actually raises her cachet sure. even more so for sure. Because if you're doing a, a show so well that the original artist is trying to prevent you from doing it because you do it so well, yeah, so well, you might be confused for her in the, in the advertising. And that's the way that they are positing this in the press also. So this is her opportunity to go, yeah, it is this good. Yeah. Look at how scared everybody is right. about how good this is. Yeah. You should think this is good too. You need to come and see this. Yeah. So it's kind of awesome, honestly. It is. This is the exact opposite of what the Pearl Jam band did, which was like, this is so mean. I can't believe it's not fair. Yeah. You know, Coco Fletcher's like, yeah, no, that's how good the show is. Come see it. I think it's awesome. Come buy a ticket. Yeah, uh, I think you know, it's, awesome. it's, it, it's interesting. I mean, I can't quite fathom if I were a big name recording artist and there was somebody doing a tribute of me, I, I can't imagine landing anywhere other than honored about that. You know, like to, to be threatened by that is just, it seems so crazy to me. Well, and the other thing is that it's not like Coco Fletcher is the only... Tina Turner tribute act out there. Oh There's got to be dozens of them. 
dozens that are at her level, thousands that are not. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. So, you know, I don't know if this is her people trying to kind of tie up some loose ends. I don't, this doesn't feel like something BMG would want to do because, again, they own the intellectual property right. behind it. So yeah. anything that they do um, would inevitably boost the value of the catalog. So it just it feels very strange. It does. And I'm not sure where it's coming from. It does. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, there is this thing called, uh, you know, defending your, defending your mark, defending your, your, your copyright. If you don't defend those things, you lose them, you know, so then anybody could be, be a tribute act, but anybody currently can, that's not news. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. It, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Yeah. The, again, the, the argument is, is just too murky. Because it's they, I don't see anything about the the use of the music. It's not about the. It's the use of the words Tina Turner. Yep. And, and the stylistic resemblance, like not just how, not just her facial facial features, but how she's dressed and posed in the advertising. Yeah. That seems to be part of it too. Right. Um, I don't know. And, and it's all in German law. So I don't know anything about German. I barely know anything about American law. I really don't know anything about yeah. German law. So I can't, I can't speak much to how, how the case, case ought to shake out, you know? Well, but also just to b- clarify, like this is about this initial case was about posters and the posters were redesigned. Hmm. So like they did the thing that they asked her to do, but you know, the, it, it you know, the case pushes on. Yeah. But again, like I said, Fletcher, <laughs> Fletcher's deal was, you know, I think the whole thing is them trying to stuff out competition. We all want to pay tribute to Tina. I never thought our tribute to her would cost such a fuss. But on the other hand, we must be doing something right. There you go. Which is all as an artist, as a tribute artist, is that's the only thing you need to say. Yep. It's like, if they're worried about me, I must be killing it. Yeah. So. So, again, these are these are fun uh, things to unpack from a branding and a, you know, kind of advertisement standpoint, uh, should you ever find yourself in one of those situations, uh, hopefully you land on the Coco Fletcher side yeah. more than the Brassigan side. Yeah. 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 Hopefully random, random, you know, worldwide focus lands upon you for good things rather than for yes. peeing on somebody's face. Hey man, consent matters. But Look, I'm so, so I'm, do dollars and cents. I'm sure that I'm sure that in the room it made a lot of sense to do that. I've never found myself in that situation, but uh, so who am I to judge? Yeah, fully. I guess. yeah, yeah, yeah. Consenting adults. Well, I you know I think that's a great that's a great number to wrap on. <laughs> that might be the title of the episode: Consenting Adults. <laughs> Something like that. Something. Uh, well, guys, this is going to be going out around Thanksgiving. Yep. And if I were to say anything, I am thankful for all of you. This year has been uh, super fun getting to uh, to get to know more more people who who check this stuff out. Uh, we've been got, getting all kinds of uh, love on all the other channels from YouTube and uh, Facebook and TikTok, and you know through your emails and texts and all that stuff it's been really really fun uh connecting with all of you guys and you know our goal is to uh entertain but also be helpful 
And uh, you guys have helped us learn all kinds of stuff too. The Slack channel is just like every single day I opened it up. I was like, oh yeah, that is a really good idea. Yep. I had never thought of that. So you guys have uh, also been blowing our collective minds as well. So thanks. Yeah. We are thankful for you. Very much. Uh, raise a toast and uh, eat a turkey leg and uh, fall asleep in the lazy boy of your choice there you go. is what i want that, that's what i wish for you this holiday season i like it <laughs> guys thanks again for tuning in if uh if you want to help us out you can do a number of things the easiest thing to do is to listen to our good friend adam moskowitz of the van band uh i'll let him take us out from atlanta georgia i'm adam johnson from greensboro north carolina i'm dan ray you've been listening to the cover and confidential podcast for the week of i'm have to actually have to pull the calendar up because like we normally do this thanksgiving the week of day. thanksgiving yeah, the week of Thanksgiving, twenty twenty one, whatever that is. Yeah, have a great week, guys. And that's how you rock more and suck less. Hey, listener, this is Adam Moskowitz of the Van Band out of South Florida. Yes, another Adam. Adams are taking over the cover band scene. Get used to it. Sorry, Dan. On behalf of Cover Band Confidential, thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode. Now, I know you want to support this cast, so this is how you do it. You subscribe, you leave a five-star review, you share this episode with your musician friends, and you throw a screenshot on your story. And you go ahead and you follow the podcast on all their socials. You got Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, all of them. These gentlemen, Adam Johnson of Members Only and Dan Ray of the Clinky Lincolns, have graciously given us that amounts of great content so as a thank you go ahead and send them some green energy on their patreon page for real send them some digital coins and when you do that you'll get access to the slack back channel which is just musicians and band leaders chatting about the craft of being in a performing cover band the wins the losses the behind the scenes goodness if you play at least once a month for money all i'm saying is break off a few bucks for your favorite podcast that you always listen to any questions comments hit up the facebook group send a text or voicemail to their hotline that's 404-491-0910 you can also email coverbandconfidential at gmail.com if you'd like, you can find my band on Instagram, Facebook, at Van Band. That's V-A-M Band. Do it. Seriously, I want to see that CBC bump. Or you can find everything you need at VanBand.com. We started in 2019. We play funk, pop, soul, R&B, Motown in Southeast Florida. I play guitar and backup vocals at Adam Moskowitz Music on IG. Also follow the CBC host on IG. That's at Adam Patrick Johnson and at Dan Ray Musician. Or visit Cover coverbandconfidential.com for all the goods. I'm going to go ahead and call it. For Adam Moskowitz in Boca Raton, Florida, that was your outro bumper on Cover Band Confidential. Always be performing! Always be performing!